Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney. Hi, I'm Jenny Williams. Hi, I'm Tom Wren. Hi, this is Wendy Schaefer. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Hi there and welcome to another episode of Hooked on Sport. We've hit the dirty 30s. Today is episode number 30 and we return our attention to the sport of netball after our conversation with contacts coach Lee Eichler in the early days of this pod. Today is Bronwyn Cly, the CEO of Netball SA, whose organisation oversees every affiliated competition from seven-year-old sub-primary kids right up to the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Netball SA runs the Premier League and the Adelaide Metro competition within the confines of Priceline Stadium, which has presented a unique challenge to getting the season underway. And we also take a look at the clubs that make up the Premier League and perhaps give you some encouragement to adapt a Premier Club. Bronwyn Cly joins me next. Hi, it's Steph Nye and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Bronwyn Cly, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thank you very much. It seems like a lifetime ago since we last spoke, mainly because you can score two goals in a Super League match now for getting it through the hoop once. Yes, you can. And wasn't that a surprise announcement last week? <laughs> uh, it, incredible. I mean, look, you know, for, for me so far away from the game, I mean, it'll, it'll be something at least we can observe and I guess judge down the track. I know not everyone's thrilled about it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, look, it was trial during the bushfire match, actually. It was something that – and it's something that Netball Australia had been talking about for a couple of years. So it wasn't wasn't a completely new concept, and uh, it was very well received in the bushfire match. It's just fun. It just adds a bit of excitement to every, every – you know, the last bit of every quarter. So it was a surprise that they brought it out this season, but, you know, I think they were looking to mix it up and try new things. So, you know, I applaud that. As someone who's head of such a broad church of netball from right down to the grassroots of country all the way up to the Thunderbirds, I know there's been uh, some collateral damage along the way, but the fact that the Thunderbirds are going to be playing a season and also your Premier League is up and going to be underway shortly, you must be relieved with where I imagine you probably thought you could have been maybe even as recently as a month and a half ago. Oh, I am breathing out a sigh of relief, Ben. There's no question about it. The Premier League will launch on the 17th of July, as you said, which is great news. That's the highest level you can play, really, you know, as a South Australian-based player. So it'll be awesome to see those teams commence on the 17th. I would say to everybody, if you've got an SNFL team, pick a Premier League team mm. and come down and watch them. Um, and in terms of the Thunderbirds, they'll start on the 1st of August. And I think that was really important to our state because – you know, at one point, you're right, we weren't sure if any netball would get played, and particularly locally. So to have the Thunderbirds playing as a role model and to keep people really keeping on watching netball was really important to netball in South Australia. What about the challenges that you had bringing your international recruits back? You've got a, a player from England, a couple of players from South Africa. I mean, people talk about the difficulties that AFL teams have had, and all we've had to do is shift borders between states, but you've had to get players in from overseas. I mean, you must have had some really specific challenges there. If you had asked me in the middle of April or May if we would ever get those internationals back, I would have said no. I would have said they're not coming back and we need to start planning for local replacement players. Getting the South Africans back, there was a point there where they were completely in lockdown, so they couldn't even go to the airport. And actually to get them out of South Africa is quite a story, actually, because they were actually, we had to apply 
via the embassy and, and several places to get them to even be allowed to go to the airport. They had to meet at a secret spot, get taken to the airport, get put on a plane. Uh, it's it's some, like something out of a James Bond film <laughs> to get the South Africans back. And then with Leila Guska, she was working uh, as a, co- a doctor in a COVID hospital, obviously in Birmingham, England. And uh, we managed to get her out a couple of weeks ago. But unfortunately for the Thunderbirds, we landed her in Melbourne. So what mm. that's meant for her is double quarantine. Yes. So she's done her 14 days in Melbourne and she's over here now doing the next 14 days in Adelaide. So that's that was a bit of bad luck, really. I think uh, your coach, Tanya Robbs, is organising perhaps some temporary accommodation with one of my sisters. So I'm vaguely aware that that was, yeah, a real setback that she came via Melbourne, had to do two weeks and then going to have to do another two weeks because we don't trust the Victorians either. Yeah, that was just one of those things because we landed the South Africans in Queensland and fortunately South Australia opened their borders. So they did one lot of quarantine. We're staring down the barrel of two, but the borders were open. So they're out and back training and and Layla is staying somewhere that's very nice and very comfy, I'm told, and uh, and she'll be back next week to training, which is really important because she is coming off the back of an injury, actually, to her Achilles. So getting her back training is super important to us. I think she did a, a pretty serious Achilles injury during the World Cup last year, I think, from memory. You might know that better yeah, than Yeah, she... No, she did, and during a match there, and it looked fairly innocuous at the time, actually, but she's been rehabbing ever since. So really just got to get her back on the court and you know, then steadily back into match play. Anyone who uh, follows the Thunderbirds at all will know that the club has faced some significant challenges over the past couple of years. Do you just think that maybe with all of the confusion going on over the past six months that maybe this is a real opportunity for the Thunderbirds to scare a few people? Do you know what? The Thunderbirds look good, Ben. They look really good. Tanya's a fantastic coach. She's doing a great job with them all. And, uh, you know, we've got Lanise Potgita now as our brand new shooter, and I've been watching her at training. She is an absolute presence on the court. So I wouldn't underestimate the Thunderbirds in any way, shape or form. Let's just move on to the State League. It's a competition that's uh, particularly important to my family, as you would be um, aware, Bronwyn. Hey, does it get a bit of a bad rap? I was just going through the ins and outs uh, a couple of weeks ago, and obviously it's a a serious provider of players to the Thunderbirds, but I noticed that Nia Allen, Maisie Nankerville and Kelly Altman are all off to Super Netball as well. So the competition does some pretty incredible things with regard to providing players to the next level, perhaps... It doesn't get the recognition for that. Yeah, I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves. I mean, if people knew what was going on on a Friday night in Priceline Stadium, the level of competition that those women and those athletes are now playing at is unbelievable. I am so excited about it starting. And I say to people, if you've got a, if you've got an SNFL team, why don't you have a Premier League team? Come down and watch it. It's unbelievable. Did the competition overall, obviously you've got your Premier League clubs, I'm old habits of calling yep. it the State League competition, Bronwyn, but um, <laughs> what about right throughout the grades? Have you seen a bit of a drop-off in teams with the, the shutdown causing a few people just to maybe have a year off from the sport? Yeah, we have. Not not so much in AMND, which is played at Priceline Stadium, because I, I think those numbers look pretty good. Out of 38 associations, Ben, unfortunately we've only got 11 associations going ahead this winter. Mm. I think it was always going to be a problem for netball where our committees are run by really hardworking volunteers and when COVID broke, they had you know they had to pull the kids out of school, you're, you're a busy mum, you're worried about the safety of your family, perhaps there's some loss of income. So I think netball became one more thing that people just didn't want to worry about. So we have had a few associations pull out. 
But we've also seen a couple return now. So a couple of big ones like Elizabeth that pulled out originally is now back. So we're just trying to encourage all those associations that did pull out. Work with us. We'll help you get a junior competition or a carnival or just something for, for those communities that haven't got netball this winter. Has that been a significant hit to the economy of netball, I suppose? I, I would imagine that the sport sort of uh, breathes on people attending junior kids' matches, community matches, investing in the can of yeah. soft drink and uh, and <laughs> and the, the hot dog around the court and all of those sorts of things. And I imagine that yeah. all of uh, the contraction of all of that hits the, the sport as a whole. I think that COVID could not have come at a worse time for winter sports and mm. it could not have come at a worse time for netball. So I would say that it has been devastating for netball. We are just at Netball SA put out our invoices. That money has to sustain us. That you know, that winter money is where the majority of our income comes in. That has to sustain us for an entire year, and we really haven't had that this year. So we have to look at our entire business now and um, and really work at how we can function till next year. The government has been helping us out, but it's not just about Netball SA, as you say. It's about all clubs that are, have been doing it tough. So you know, it's a global pandemic. I think one of the good things about netball, though, it's sort of a double-edged sword, is that we don't have the big club rooms and the big ovals that need green keepers, et cetera. So I know it's hurt. that's hurt football, um, not being able to open those clubs. We probably have less to maintain, but obviously it still hurts. You mentioned Priceline Stadium, which is where yep. uh, the Premier League will get underway on July 17. Bronwyn, you've invested all sorts of time, energy and money into the development of new change rooms that no one have been able to use for the past couple of months. <laughs> no, but they look good, Ben. And when we get those Premier League teams back in on the 17th of July, I know that they are going to be absolutely delighted. So anyone who's been coming to Priceline Stadium will know that it was built about 23 years ago. It is tired and it is run down and we are we have been lobbying the government hard. We're chasing another $23 million to invest in um, our number one women's sport. We really need these new facilities, but they have given us a little bit of money to do up the change rooms. So the Thunderbirds will go this year into brand new change rooms and ice baths and, you know, really have some proud facilities this year, which we have lacked. And to all those Premier League teams, they'll come back to some beautiful new change rooms as well. And I was, I was actually able to give some of those captains a tour of it the other day, and I know everyone is pretty excited person in charge of that build's done a great job, Ben. <laughs> yeah, v- vague <laughs> recollection of who you might be referring to there, Bronwyn. For those who are listening who want to talk about my father, uh, Rod Hook, who um, people would perhaps remember from infrastructure in government days, has uh, been uh, just taken a, a mild hands-on role in uh, in helping with that project. So uh, I'm pleased to hear that it is coming along very well. It was either that or the laundry that uh, his wife, Lynn, wanted to, to do at home, Bronwyn. So at least he's been able to contribute to the greater good. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. It's brilliant that we're starting to return to sport, to return to physical activity and to be part of a team again. Both wonderful things that will have a positive impact upon our mental health. But for some of us, the time out of sport may have been a challenge and so returning to the sporting group might be difficult for us. Therefore, we think it's really great if we look out for each other And one way to do this is to know the five signs of mental distress that can help ourselves, our family and our friends. So why not look out for things like, is somebody not feeling themselves? Have they started to become withdrawn? Maybe they're showing some signs of agitation. They could be starting to neglect themselves or having conversations with you where they're expressing their feel sense of hopelessness. If this is the case, it's important to reach out and to put your hand up. 
Take the time to connect with your families and friends. Give yourself permission to relax and to recharge. Remember, it's normal to feel stressed, sad and confused, and talking to a trusted family or friend can really help you. Remain calm and try to keep a routine as normal as possible. Look after yourselves and your loved ones. And remember, we're all in this together. And now back to the show. Hey, you've you've really set the Premier League players a schedule too. I mean, traditionally one game a week, but they're going to play three every two weeks. So yeah. you've uh, you've you've set them a task. Yeah, full credit to them. Really, it was really important to those athletes that we get the full season away, and we we're able to do that by getting in every Friday night and then every second Monday. And what that means is they can get a full season away. So that's the good news. And and. Like all these things with COVID, the players just want to play. You know, as difficult as it's been to sporting administrators behind the scenes and all the extra work that everyone's had to do, to be able to do it for these players is absolutely awesome because they just want to play. Tell us a a little bit about some of the senior players, the Premier League players, and the way during the shutdown that they've perhaps invested more time in kids. I mean, it's it can be very difficult in big Premier League clubs for the Premier League players to really spend a lot of active time with uh, the junior players of the clubs. Have they been able to, I guess, invest a little bit more, perhaps via online programs over the past couple of months? Yeah, well, when COVID first launched, Netball Australia were the first to go to an online digital platform to launch NetFit, which was just fantastic. And South Australia saw about 2,000 people immediately sign up to NetFit, which allowed kids to pretty much play and train and, and pick up tips and drills from NetFit and do a workout. So that launched immediately. And I know a lot of the clubs have pulled together and have run online training programs. So coaches have kept teams together. Senior players have come in and assisted with those sessions. So I think a lot of those Premier League clubs would say what a great bonding time it's actually been for their entire club. And of course, we had a bit of a stop start, unfortunately, too, with some of the uh, restrictions that were lifted. We were able at one point there to get 10 per court, but that was then superseded by only being able to have 80 per venue. So we kind of had to stop and then we had to start again. So it's been a bit messy, but I think a lot of those clubs have done a lot of hard work behind the scenes and and will definitely come out more bonded for it. Where are you at now with that, Bronwyn? Because my recollection was that there was a period of time you were only going to be allowed to use 15 of, uh, I think, your 26 outdoor courts. Has has that been rectified now? Yeah, Ben, it's been so confusing. Honestly, it's uh, trying to take these volumes of information that have come from the government and then interpret them back to what they mean for our sport's been really trying for our sporting administrators. I think we've become professional exemption riders, actually. <laughs> we actually now, uh, provided we have a COVID management plan, we have unlimited numbers in our venue. So we just need to employ all those usual COVID safe practices, 1.5 metres per person, hand washing, et cetera, et cetera. But we will have unlimited numbers by the time that Premier League starts on the 17th. Volunteers, you mentioned that for a lot of your volunteers who are mums who maybe have had all sorts of other commitments elsewhere, have you been able to retain most of your volunteers? Are you going to find that your competition is going to run as it perhaps has done in the past or will there have to be a few slight adjustments? You know, netball runs on volunteers. I mean, that's the fuel that really keeps netball going. So. You know, if you go now to a Priceline Stadium any night of the week, particularly while we've been trying to practice COVID-safe practices and requirements, you'll find the stalwarts out the front counting the numbers, doing the tracking and tracing sheets. It's unbelievable. And you can go to any club in any any association and you will find those um, those volunteers. So honestly, full credit to our volunteers. Netball could not do it without them. And I really, really mean that. 
Bronwyn, did you find that uh, maybe mental health issues became more of a focus for your organisation, in particular at the probably the lowest part of the shutdown? Yeah, I think people were scared and people were uncertain and different people have different capacities to cope with change. I think that, you know, I know as a CEO, I sort of had to work with staff in, in very different ways. And Nipple, they say, we were doing a lot of regular stuff for staff. So we were doing Mindful Monday, so you could log on and do some meditation. We've actually had the strength and conditioning coach with the Thunderbirds actually doing an online workout for Netball SA staff. So we have had a few things in just to cater for staff well-being. But I think, unfortunately, Ben, it's going to be something that, you know, we really need to be vigilant of um, with staff and with volunteers and with all of our players moving forward because these are really uncertain times. Mm. Uh, right. I'll tell you what we're going to do here, Bronwyn. You made mention that uh, if you've got a Sandful club, you should have a premier club as well. And I imagine people are tuning in and maybe they don't exactly know who's who in netball. So you and I are going to spend just a couple of minutes previewing the 2020 season and we're, we're going to keep it really basic just so people can get okay. a bit of an understanding of who the clubs are and what they do. Now, the obvious one at the top, well, uh, the, when I say obvious at the top, they're actually second <laughs> last year, yep. is Contacts, been coached by Leanne Eichler for a couple of years, big club, uh, very, very powerful and almost like the Port Adelaide of Sandful footy, aren't they? Because you either love them or you don't really like them at all. Would that be a fair assessment of the Blues? <laughs> Uh, it's probably a fair assessment, but they're very popular. And uh, between them and Matrix, probably have the most players playing for them as a club. So very strong administrators, very, very strong club. Yes, they'll be a powerhouse this year. Uh, we'll move on to one of the more traditional powers uh, of the sport, which is Garvel. Now, we haven't seen Garvel quite so strong in recent times. They did play in a grand final, I think, two or three years ago, but they uh, haven't been certainly the powerhouse that they were in the 80s. They've uh, got a new coach this year. They'll be coached by Kirsty Leonard Down. Just uh, your thoughts about the Greys in season 2020. Well, Kirsty's a very strong coach. She was the coach of the, well, the, actually the the, uh, the Nationals winning coach, actually, of the under-19s this year. So um, I would think that, you know, she's going to be a real a real injection into Garville Club. So they always are usually around the top four. Someone Somewhere I would never underestimate Garville. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they will miss Carla Borrego, of course, the, the Jamaican yeah. shooter who's been a star for the Thunderbirds. She's uh, retired, so she will be a bit of a loss, but uh, always uh, reckon uh, Garville, just a wonderful club. They wear red and grey, uh, a couple of very, very famous players for them in the 80s. So if you're a historical fan of netball, Garville is a good club for you. The reigning premiers is Matrix. They wear Maroon, and they've had a coaching change as well because Jackie Ullman, who's coached this club for a number of years and been very, very successful, is going to become an assistant for the Thunderbirds. So I think Peter Thomas is going to take over. They're going to be hard to beat once again, aren't they, Bronwyn? Yeah, Jackie Ullman is still the head coach, so she's working more in an administrative role, working with all the coaches. But Peter Thomas is actually from uh, Mid-Hills. He's, he's actually coaching academy out there for a few years. He's a very experienced coach. And they are always, you know, they are always a strong club matrix. So, um, you know, contracts and matrix will definitely, I would anticipate, being in the top four somewhere. At Metro Jets is a club that I'm not particularly familiar with. Trudy Barker is their coach. Now, I'm very familiar with um, Trudy. She was a great player at state league net level for a number of years. Uh, just tell us a bit about Metro Jets and, and their history. 
Yeah, Metro Jets have been in the Premier League for a few years. The president of the club is Rachel McLean, um, who is wife of uh, Andrew McLean from the Crows. So they haven't made the top four for a while, but they're always, you know, they're always one to watch, I think. And they've got a lot of up and coming talent coming through their ranks. So uh, they are in the darker blue as opposed to contacts in the lighter blue if you're out looking for them. Yes, there you are. Very, very well described. Newton Jaguars yes. is a team that wears blue and yellow. Strangely enough, they're probably their most famous member uh, is uh, Neil Danzi, who has been uh, <laughs> basically the club founder. Never played a game, of course, but uh, is a bit of a, a legend around South Australian sport, most notably cricket. Uh, Newton Jaguars had a tough time of it last year, but uh, another one of your really uh, strong, well-run clubs. Yeah, they are a very run, well-run club. Uh, Mr. Danzi t- actually turns about 92 this year. So he he, he turned 92 just two weeks ago. <laughs> he did, so yeah. he definitely won't be taking the court. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Newton Jags. You're right, they are a really well-administered club, and I can't wait actually to see what they can do this year. You know, I think I think they've been waiting in the wings for a while, so I, I you know, I, I anticipate a run from them. Oakdale is another club that's been uh, very, very successful in state league competition over the years. They, in my memory of them, was that they would wear light blue and grey, but they seem to have added a little bit of purple and yellow to the colours now. Oakdale, coached by Vanessa Dempsey, they finished third yeah. last year, so they are right around the mark, aren't they, Bronwyn? Yeah, they are. Oakdale will be one to watch. Vanessa is a very good coach, and they actually have had Brian Lyons last year too, and he is the coach of the Southern Force. So obviously, the Southern Force haven't played this year. Which is interesting, actually, because all those top players now from the Southern Force um, really don't come in and out of these squads, so you'll get to see an even higher level of netball. Two more clubs to go. Tango, um, a very, very strong club in the 70s. Uh, They traditionally wore black and white. They've added a little bit of pink to the black and white, and they really are the club (laughs) for the northern suburbs. Yeah, they are. They're training out north. Always look strong, Tango. So yeah, always look t- strong. Very interested to watch them this year. I think they'll be they'll be good. And uh, Jackie Blythe, the new coach. So that is a huge appointment. She's uh, a veteran South Australian coach. Uh, has a great reputation. So looking forward to seeing how yes. Tango goes under Jackie. And the last club, Woods Panthers. Pretty obvious. Uh, they're an amalgamation, I think, of Blackwood and uh, South Adelaide to form Woods Panthers. Um, hopefully, I've got my history roughly correct. Yeah, no, you've there. got that right. They've yes. Been um, in the Premier League competition for, well, at least a decade now. Uh, finished seventh last year, but uh, if, if you're a Hills dweller, I reckon you get behind Woods Panthers, don't you? Or from down south. <laughs> we do have a couple of Woods Panthers players up here, actually, right at the minute. But uh, Woods Panthers are an interesting club, actually, because they're also working with South Adelaide Footy Club at the moment with the women's footy down there. So it's given them access to a whole bunch more resources and facilities, actually, that Premier League clubs you know, might not ordinarily have access to. So that that's really a, a shift for our Premier League clubs. I think it's quite smart. So it'll be interesting to see what benefit that can bring the club. So there you have it. Uh, Bronwyn Clyde has just taken you through all eight of the Premier League clubs. Make sure you get on board one of them. Just make an effort. Go out and see one game for the year. It doesn't cost that much to get in and see a Premier League game. And uh, maybe you'll find that netball all over in about an hour and a quarter. It's a great sport to go and watch. Always very exciting. The way the scoring works, the games are traditionally pretty close. So get on board. As Bronwyn Clyde says, get on board a Premier League club. Bronwyn, just last thing, you made uh, an interesting point about how the Woods Pen Panthers uh, have linked up with the South Adelaide Football Club. Is that mm. going to be an ongoing challenge for you with uh, retaining your athletes? I noticed that one or two have moved on to AFLW and Sandful W uh, over recent years. How are you working? Are, are you 
trying to work with that or is that going to be a battle? Oh, look, I think the rise of women's sport is great, Ben. You know, and I'm a big believer in a rising tide lifts all boats. So, I, you know, I think as footy gets more professional and cricket gets more professional, it's up to all of us sports to set the bar high. And I, I personally, I love it that women have choices of sports. So, you know, we are the number one traditional women's sport. I don't think that will change. It's up to us to make sure the, the competition is exciting and the bar is high and that people come, want to come and see it. But how fantastic that women have choices now. Bronwyn Cly, I'm so thrilled that we're going to see a Premier League, a super netball and a bridged community netball season in 2020. It would have been so disappointing if it got wiped out altogether. Congratulations on getting it on the road. Thank you for joining us at Hooked on Sport. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Okay, a declaration. My family are through and through contacts fans, so it's impossible for me to support anyone else. But as Bronwyn said, get on board a Premier Club and go watch a game. It's cheap, it's warm in the stadium, and it's all over inside 80 minutes. If you have kids, they will love it. So that is the final centre pass on episode 30. Thanks to Bronwyn Clive for filling us in on Netball's road back to competition. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, so check us out. Thanks to Ben Watson, who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport and to the show's producers, Desiree McMahon and Wallace Long. We'll see you soon at Hooked on Sport. (laughs) 